So usually uh, we need uh, some encouragement and reminders to to support the trust into the healing power, the transformative power of just being aware. It's not our usual response to a situation. So usually we try to do something. It's unusual to try not doing something and trusting that non-judgmental presence, loving awareness is a valid response. Often actually the most transformative response. So I would like to read some quotes from Ken McLeod uh, from the book we are reading in, um, in Malmö because sometimes it's good to hear the same thing with different words as an as a encouragement. Yeah, let's, let's try that out at least. Let's try not, not to do anything. Let's try to just be with my experience as it is. Let's try letting go through letting things be exactly as they are. And then... Uh, Maybe after that I can go back to acting out, repressing, denying, finding solutions in our mind, blaming someone, also all the user responses to our experience. And it's, it's, it's astonishing that uh, it's for me, it's also the case. I, I need to remind myself, I need to be reminded by other people that that is actually an option. Instinctively, the first response, if some reactivity happens, if I feel triggered, if I feel... So immediately, the first response is suppressing, repressing, acting it out, trying to blame someone, maybe blaming myself, and so on. And then to hear, hey, how do, how, how, how do you actually feel? Where is it in the body? Let's slow down. Let's breathe with it. Let's look at it. Let's embrace how you feel. And then after, we can talk about what you can do, how your response could be. But that, that, initially, that initial response, shifting from the head into the body, uh, welcoming the guests in the guest house of the body, as, as Rumi says in one poem, welcoming the guests in the guest house of, of your body. And it's still, uh, I'm still surprised of the depth of this instruction, the layers, the layers where I can sink, sink, so, 
In all the great contemplative traditions, it is said, when we are able and willing to rest in exactly what we are experiencing, how diff however difficult it may be, we discover, we discover possibilities we did not know were there. It is said when we are able and willing to rest in exactly what we are experiencing. So how? So that's, what does it mean? Now, in, when we sit here, what, what does it mean to experience, to rest in exactly what we are experiencing? to breathe with what you're experiencing. So, and then he gives an example of, you know, a difficult situation where he was triggered and then there's the thoughts and then he sits with that and then discovers, yeah, but the underlying the thoughts is uh, an emotional state and then he rests with that and then there's another layer of emotions uh, under the primary emotion, like for example, anger. You know, if you so, there first there's this blah 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 blaming, and I shouldn't have done that, or she shouldn't have done that, and and then there's the energy of anger. So you 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 are with that, and and then what you often discover that under that primary that, that first layer of the emotional response, there's actually something deeper. For example, sadness or helplessness. So, so then you kind of you sink through the different layers of the, of the experience, neither acting it out nor repressing it. So neither acting it out nor suppressing so, so suppressing it. Well, that that's uh, that, that's kind of actually kind of the commitment when we sit down in a meditation hall, because. The acting out is a bit embarrassing, you know, when we are sitting here in silence, and so you, you so that's kind of we inhibit the acting out. Uh, but what we also um, have the opportunity to do is not to repress, you know, but experience, so giving space, but not acting it out, not spitting it out. Both are so repressing and spitting it out are two ways not to feel our feelings. If you spit your anger out, which is sometimes obviously the, an appropriate thing to do, also. So I'm not. Uh, this is not an invitation to become stone-faced in life. Uh, but uh, if we're acting out, then uh, that's one way not to feel your feelings. The other way is to repress, to suppress. So the middle way between those two, inner expression, to give it inner space. So and after this process of sinking deeper and being with a different dimension of your experience, Kemmerkloid says, the truly surprising discovery is that we, when, when we stop trying to sort out the muddle, when we stop trying to change it, when we stop trying to make sense of it, 
Yeah, stop trying to make sense of it. That's so difficult, right? To stop to make a story. Where does it come from? Who's to blame here? Is it my fault? Uh, what ha what does it to do with my parents? Uh, to, to, to stop trying out the model. It's difficult. We're addicted to that. <coughs> and trying to uh, trying to figure out the model is also uh, part of that is also like to find a solution and you know how that goes try to find a creative solution in reactivity it's just like turning around and spinning around it gets worse and worse you kind of you put fuel into the fire hoping somewhere in the in the thought process in the story process that there is a there's a light at the end of the tunnel, yeah? so your thinking can bring you, but you actually go more and more into reactivity, more and more into contraction. And still we do it. We can't let go of it. Because we trust thinking. We trust stories. And we believe that the stories refer to something which really exists. We don't see story as story, thought as thought. We see it as reality, as something which really exists. So when we stop trying to make sense of it, when we stop struggling with what we experience, with what we are experiencing and just experience it, Attraction, aversion, and indifference to what we are experiencing drop away and a space opens up. So attraction, aversion, and indifference, that's also sometimes called the three afflictions, the three troublemakers. Attraction, grasping, desire, and aversion. Yeah. Rejecting, aggression, hatred, violence and indifference. So that drops away and the space opens up. In that space, we discover a possibility that we did not know was there and could, and could not have, have imagined. The space opens up. A possibility which we didn't know was there. For some, the possibility is the possibility of a profound peace. So we start to experience ourselves that we have the capacity to be more at peace with whatever is in our experience, that we have that capacity. We all have that capacity. For others, it is a more transparent clarity. For still others, it is a sense of oneness, of no separation. So it's beautiful that he 
he says something similar before, you know, about that a possibility opens up and there he actually doesn't say anything about what kind of possibility that would be. He kind of keeps it open. And, and, and that's really skillful because if he would say, okay, when we do that, we, so we stop to try to figure the muddle out, then peace opens. Yeah? And then we have an image of peace or then it becomes a practice of trying to get somewhere or we have an idea of what should happen. But instead, he says, a possibility opens up. So that gives really space for our, our own for our own taste, for, for our own um, description of that openness. So, but some people would call it oneness. Some people would call it stillness. Some people would just say, oh, I feel a bit more, I, I, I feel lighter. I feel a bit lighter. I still have to pay, pay the bill, but I'm lighter with it. It's not that drama. Yesterday even I, evening I had an ex, uh, interesting experience because the day before I, I helped my mother to move to another room and yesterday, just before the session, 20 minutes before the session, she called me and she, she hardly can see. Uh, so she called me and she was completely in tears and, and disturbed because she couldn't find her little box with her jewelry. <laughs> that was a huge thing for her. It was like life and death. You know? Like maybe you had a similar experience last time when you, all, when you almost missed the plane. If that happens next time and you manage to be at peace with it, I give you the badge of Buddhahood. <laughs> you, you get the first, you know, like, Buddha inside or something like that. So, some people would just say, yeah, I feel more, I, I, I just, I'm lighter with missing the plane. I, I can see how absurd it is to freak out because one, one misses the plane. What happens then when you discover I'm traveling lighter through my life that um, there's a tenderness and a compassion uh, towards your reactivity but also to the reactivity of other people. A tenderness and compassion which recognizes oh, it's actually not necessary. All this struggle people have, including ourselves, is actually not necessary. It's based on confusion. It's based on believing the stories. It's based on our disconnecting, disconnection with reality. In other words, it is in knowing our own experience through and through 
that we discover the possibility of freedom. It is in, it is in knowing our own experience through and through that we discover a possibility of freedom. That's maybe not what we initially believe, uh, uh, hope uh, meditation will give us. We might still hope that spiritual practice or uh, meditation could help us to bypass what we experience, to transcend what we experience. It's sometimes a disappointment for people in Buddhist meditation that Buddhist meditation is not transcendental meditation. It's, uh, it's uh, an invitation to, to go through the experience, to experience fully what we're experiencing. And of course, that's an ideal, but that's the compass, to experience as, as fully as possible. This knowing is not a psychological psychological understanding of why we do things, what, motiv what motivates us or the stru structure of our reactions. That kind of understanding may arise in the process, but it is a side effect. What we do come to know is that suffering comes from wanting things to be different from what they are and from our struggle, from our struggling to change them. So, it's sometimes good to formulate these kind of bit dogmatic sentences, this is how it is, into a question, and then look to ourselves. So the question, a possible question could be here, could it be that my, my suffering, and my suffering in this moment, and uh, maybe your suffering in this moment is not very big, yeah? maybe there's restlessness or tiredness or you feel uncomfortable or already bored, you know? someone just left, you know? it's just gone, yeah? because something must, must have been here where it was difficult to be with. So that's what we are talking about here, of the suffering in this moment, in this session, this afternoon. So could it be that that suffering comes from me wanting things to be different than they are? So then we look. Is that the case? Is it just me, like a little child, wanting chocolate on the cake and not uh, jam. Yeah? I want chocolate and not jam. So could it be that suffering, at least partly, maybe we can go so far, maybe we can still hope that there's another reason for suffering, <laughs> another cause for suffering. But at least partly, can we recognize that in our experience that 
I'm a co-creator to my suffering, but just through wanting things to be different than they are. It's like, you know, that is the glorious universe, the infinite, infinite depending arising. Everything depends on everything else. This amazing mystery which we, which, which we can experience, which we witness in any moment. And we're standing here and shout, hey, I don't like the clouds today. <laughs> they should be different. And it makes me really upset that there's clouds today. I don't want it. And that's actually good news, because uh, the clouds will come and go continuously, obviously. There's good days, there's good ba uh, bad days, you know, there's beautiful feelings, there's difficult feelings, and so on. So that will continue to go. There's sickness, there's age, there's loss, there's separation. Uh, so, I mean, that's going to happen, yeah? So that's not something we can change. But uh, what we can explore is, can I re relate to what is happening in a, in a, more, in a way that is supporting well-being, is supporting contentment, is supporting peace? And yes, we can. So the last thing, to be able to rest in whatever arises in experience, we need three qualities. So, let's say, uh, you know, we, we, we got a bit inspired by this possibility. Meaning, we got it. We 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 think yes. So I think I'm, I'm, I'm I think I'm going. I'm, I'm I will give it a try. A, a try. The Buddha did it. Jesus did it. Everyone did it. You know, like the ones we feel inspired by. So hmm, they were not stupid. So let's let's give it a try. So how do I do it? What do I need? Yeah, for for resting in whatever rises in experience. So what do I need? And, and this is, you know, the beginning of that exploration. And we, all of us, we need to find our own path in this. Yeah? So but it's, a, it's a beautiful question to ask yourself, how can I be more at peace with this? How can I be more at peace? What do I need for that? Except that maybe some skills I can acquire Huh? to be able to actually do that. So, how to do it? So, in here, he mentions three qualities. So it's not like a complete list. The first one is the willingness to do so. The commitment to do so. And I already mentioned that the, the posture 
is is actually like a symbol for that. It's a it's an expression of that commitment. Maybe you know the the story of the awakening of the Buddha under the Bodhi tree. So when he when he was sitting down under the Bodhi tree, he made this commitment. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to experience what I experience even if my legs fall off. So it was a ruthless willingness, a ruthless commitment to experience what I experience. And then that ca it came, like for every one of us. Or called Mara. But the Mara, the, the, the Mara here is a symbol for for whatever arises in our meditation, whatever arises in our life. That's Mara. Yeah. Trying to trigger our reactivity. And this, uh, the willingness to do so, you know, that's, again, I said in the beginning, somehow we need to be reminded of that again and again. We need to encourage each other. Hey, let's, let's try this not doing anything. Let's try to do it together. I have this funny image in my in my head. You know, the, in 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 Finland there is this. Uh, in Germany you call them lemmings, these little rodents. Yeah, I don't know how, what the English word for them is. And every few years, apparently, there's so many of them that they start to run. Yeah, and they run and run, and everyone joins them, and they run and run, and then they fall down into the uh, uh, um, down the cliff and die. You know, it's like a natural process of reducing the population. And every few years that happens when there's too much of them. So, so, I, so I think of meditation groups as this. <laughs> so we all run, you, we all run, and suddenly one of them thinks, hey, what is, what is it, what we're doing? This is so stupid. It's like, Am I supposed to run with all of them? Yeah, of course, because they all run. So it must, there must be some meaning in this. <laughs> Just run. And then suddenly this, this little lemming looks around and says, maybe let's, let's hold hands and make a little circle and stop running. Yeah? Stop running. Yeah, that's, that's like a, a meditation group. Yeah? And everyone is running, running, and you are you're looking at each other. Is this really sensible to, <laughs> to sit here? Is that does it really make sense? Are we strong enough? Yeah. And that's uh, that's obviously now as a whole as a, as a whole humanity. If we are not going to do that, and probably we aren't. But nevertheless, you know, it's still the right thing to do. To stop running. So the willingness to do so. It's not, 
the 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 willingness to do so is um, connected with the uh, with the with the uh, with the symbol of the warrior. That's the true warrior taking your seat in the midst of the fire, in the midst of the relationship, in the midst of the daily life, and failing again and again, but then returning. So, second, the skill or know-how to meet what arises. The know-how, the skill to meet what arises. So different different techniques, for example, Tonglen, the RAIN model, which I mentioned, recognizing, accepting, investigating, non-identification, Vipassana practice. So different skills we acquire. Uh, the insight into impermanence, the non-static nature of, of all, everything arises, which... Uh, which helps so much to to be present because because you know this too shall pass. This too shall pass. I just need to stay a little longer and then a little more and a little more. Just stay, just stay. Trusting the self-liberating nature of thoughts and, and feelings that you don't need to do anything with them. They have their own life. They have their own dynamic. They come and they go. So different skills we acquire. And the third point is the capacity to be present in what we experience without becoming lost in it. The capacity to be present in what we're experiencing without becoming lost in it. So that's the... I mentioned that balance already. The balance between intimacy, feeling more deeply what you feel, and being able to to afford that without drowning in it, without becoming overwhelmed. So it is finding the, the sweet spot of feeling as much as you can feel, but staying a little more in the witnessing, in the noticing, to find that place. Okay, so let's uh, sit quietly and um, I will give some light guidance and then uh, after that we will do a walking meditation and then um, maybe some lying down. So the posture and uh, maybe you can remember that sense uh, of dignity, of that commitment of the Buddha. Uh, to sit down uh, with the commitment to experience what you experience, to be present.
And let's appreciate that we are doing this together so that we, as a group, uh, we meet uh, common humanity through, through our inner life. And then adjusting your posture a little, softening if you sit a bit tight or straightening up if you sit a bit too sloppy. It's also there, the middle way, the balance. Remember that the posture is alive, so we are not sit, sitting rigidly. When we soften into being carried by Mother Earth, each layer of your body is perfectly supported. And sliding with the breath and awareness into the trunk of your body. And with the out-breath, there's the possibility of opening, following the breath, the out-breath into space. Maybe it's appropriate to choose an anchor where you, which you keep in the foreground as something to return to, like the rising and falling of the belly or the sensation in your hands. So you support attentional stability. Turning, resting. 
And it could be that rather quickly uh, you have a sense that something opens up. Okay. There's stillness. Is there stillness here? Is there stillness available? And here I'm not talking about becoming still, your mind or body becoming still. I'm talking about A natural stillen, stillness, which is always here, always there, always available. And any kind of tiredness or restlessness, discomfort in the body. So here the invitation is to experience it as fully as possible without getting lost in it. Breathing into it. Not as an attempt to get rid of it, but really as an invitation. aspect of your experience, sensations, sounds, feelings, thoughts. But isn't there also space? Surrounding, underlying, pervading. Maybe that peace, that space is available only as a faint whisper. But maybe it can come in somewhat into the foreground. space starts to open up, it might be almost a little scary as something in you wants to shrink, 
or grab something. It is liberating to meet your own vastness, but also threatening, threatening to the minimum. That's a good sign. Softening, opening, giving space to what is, letting go by letting be. Softening the grasping. Noticing the non-static, vibrant, flowing nature of your experience. How deep is your yes? And can it be a little deeper? Yes, this is what I feel. This is what I think. This is what is happening in my body. This is my mood. Yes. It's, it's like bowing, bowing, surrendering, bowing to your experience. Let's do that together.
what is here, what is this, if you don't refer to thoughts, memories, mental images, stories. What is here? If there is struggle, then it's advisable not to struggle with the struggle. Just struggle. Make struggling your practice. I struggle. That's fine. It's okay. It's good enough. Maybe, maybe you notice a bit of lightness there at the edge of the struggle. I'm struggling. I'm, 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 unsa I'm, I'm dissatisfied with being tired. That's 
That's okay, it's fine, it's human. It's not a big deal. I allow, my, I allow myself to be dissatisfied, to struggle. It's no big deal. Maybe you have a sense this is the worst meditation ever. Isn't that funny? It's good enough. It is what it is. I can't be different. Maybe you're still trying to feel better. That's not practicing. That's what everyone does.
put you for a short moment be even more at peace with what is. Just, uh, just more. Or wherever you are. Maybe there is already some peace. Maybe there is no peace at all. For a short moment, what does it take to be a tiny little bit more at peace with this? Don't try to figure out how to do it, just do it. something which happens in the body. And do it for all of us. It's not personal. go for all of us. In particular for those who struggle the most here in this room. More than you. Different than you. show the heart of this group to love. Thank you. 
So the four postures are sitting. So that's the sitting posture. Unfortunately, it seems that that's some kind of the posture we mostly associate with meditation, and it's completely overrated. So if meditation is somehow connected with that. So the other three postures are standing, so we, we have looked at that. And then there's walking, and then there's uh, lying down. And um, sometimes it takes a bit of, I don't know, letting go of some ideas uh, um, to, to, uh, to kind of... Uh, relax into the other postures as as sacred as this posture. So it, sometimes it takes a bit of time to explore the possibilities of the other postures. So it's not only like sitting like a Buddha, but also standing like a Buddha and walking like a Buddha and lying down like a Buddha. In particular, the, the lying down posture is probably for many of us the, the one who has a, are the most uh, capacity. And uh, as with the sitting posture, it, it needs some explore, exploration, right? so the walking also. Uh, what is wonderful with the walking meditation is that it kind of uh, deconstructs this uh, uh, okay, this is my meditation practice and this is the rest of my day because definitely movement and biking and, you know, that's not meditation because meditation is sitting still. Yeah. So walking meditation starts to loosen that uh, a bit. And since we walk almost every day, I guess, so there's then plenty of opportunities to explore. So how can I bring some of the qualities of meditation into walking from my office to, to the car on my way home and make that a contemplative practice. So as with sitting meditation, there's countless ways to emphasize in walking meditation depending on what we want to explore and what we want to cultivate. So if we emphasize uh, attentional stability, then uh, walking meditation is uh, in, in, the, you know, in the tradition of Sri Lanka and Thailand. It's one of the major ways to cultivate attentional stability. Yeah. Shamatha practice. They do that in walking meditation. And uh, so what you uh, you know, what you anchor yourself in, that can be different in walking meditation. So there's the breath, 
Now there's the movement of the body. Uh, and particular what they do in in the Thai forest tradition is um, the, the, the contact uh, with uh, the feet with, with the ground. Yeah. So that's, that's like the, what you return to. And for that you walk quite slow so that you can that you really so you slow down the walking and um, so again how how can you bring that sense of wonder that's maybe even a sense of gratitude uh, to to touching the earth with your feet right? so that that's like so how how can that your feet are as sensitive as your hands. Yeah. So this not necessarily uh, makes sense for you. I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just trying to kind of, yeah. So the, these instructions they are meant to make you curious, like bring. You know, we're, we're talking about attentional stability. So and. As I said, control doesn't work. So, so you need to kind of give the fish something so that they swim into the into the direction of your feet. So, for me, always, also with the breath, what's what can make me alert to something, something which we take for granted, something which is so boring in our eyes, but it's actually extraordinary. Yeah. You know, maybe you know this quote from Thich Nhat Hanh, the, the miracle is not like walking on water like Jesus, the miracle is walking on the earth. That's the miracle. And something which works for me uh, is... Uh, um, eh, to appreciate that that which is now kind of normal for all of us so I say so let's go out and walking and we all can do it and we don't know how long I mean it can happen this afternoon that maybe you have a stroke and, and then you think back to the morning and you think shit in the walking meditation. I should have been a bit more attentive there. But I was just thinking about, I, would, I just had this uh, debate in my head around uh, mindful walking. Yeah? So that's what I did. Yeah? So I'm not, I'm not using this kind of uh, dialogue in me to get scared or something like that. I'm, it's just like a little pep talk for myself. I mean, walking, imagine what... I mean, if we would need to kind of now control the walking somehow, like give the, give the orders, you know, this, that, that. I mean, it's so, it's so super complex. If we would need to think about it, we couldn't do it. I mean, they are just now able to buy, build some computer who kind of can walk. Yeah? It's, it's, it's such a complex thing. And for us, it is just happening, and we take it for granted. And because it's automatic, we don't pay attention to it. 
Instead, we pay attention to what we pay attention to most of the time, and that's stories, memories, fantasies about the next retreat, which will be much better. So I hope this kind of, I don't know, maybe we can talk about it later, I hope that that kind of uh, more this kind of instructions that they don't make you tight or like yeah. so I really just want to uh, bring a spark of curiosity a spark of wow I'm, I'm exaggerating yeah? so now I'm exaggerating it's like this spark of oh, wow <laughs> it's like yeah I mean it can be like that it's like wow like touching the earth, Mother Earth is holding me up. And uh, in my walking, the, the, the whole evolution of humanity is walking. I'm walking, I'm walking with all my ancestors. It was a big deal for, for humanity to get into walking. So, the way we do it to kind of distinguish it initially from like going for a walk which is also wonderful is that so we go out and you decide like a path 5, 10, 15, 20 meters like around here somewhere and then you walk back and down that path so it's a complete meaningless walking it's it's a complete waste of time because you don't get anywhere. Yeah? You just walk down that path. It's not productive walking, like getting somewhere else to do something. So it's walking, just walking. And um, you can find your own pace. So you can uh, walk very slow and you start by uh, um, standing so you go somewhere where you can walk back and forth a little and then you start by standing connecting with the landscape just taking your time to settle and then you walk back and forth and uh, so in the Zen tradition, they almost run, so that the, 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 the object is more the, like the flow of the movement. Yeah? So that's possible. If this kind of is right now too, oh, I need to uh, slow, slow, I don't like it, so I actually want, yeah? so then, then, you, then you walk a bit faster. So try in your practice, in your meditation practice in general, try not to put you into a straitjacket of control and trying to make it right. Have the like feel. So, what is appropriate for me right now? So, but one possibility is to really walk very slow, like yeah, so, just like this. Maybe so that that there's really the time to feel into the movement. So it's a bit difficult now for me to like really relax into it. So I feel a bit tight. <laughs> That's, that doesn't. <laughs> 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 
Hurts heart. <laughs> I want to be really mindful. <laughs> I, I'm beautifully mindful. <laughs> so, so, but what I find helpful if I walk slow like that, uh, that I, I that I make small steps, yeah? small steps. So if I do like this, then I get into like this. So I, I, I make very small steps and I, I, I roll the foot. It helps if you have barfeet shoes. Yeah? The kind of the, you know. So that helps with walking. I recommend that for daily life. And uh, so and then you just walk like this, or you can also, as I said, you can walk a bit more slow, uh, faster, or just normal. Yeah? That's actually I mean, a good way because then it's easier to bring it into daily life. Yeah. Um, so there's the breath, uh, but also you know there is space. So since we are open to flexible awareness, so there's also space to just uh, maybe stand and feel the the crispness of the autumn, take in the scent. No, listening. So, so we also uh, in the walking meditation is an opportunity in case your mind got got a little like like this, uh, which was not supposed to happen, but it usually happens because you know, we bring this kind of attitude into our meditation practice. So our mind goes sometimes a bit like climbs down. So. Now it's a possibility to just open again. And you can also maybe sometimes close your eyes and just feel the connection with the earth. And then, uh, so if you would emphasize attentional stability, then you would just keep returning and going back to the sensation in the sole of your feet, and it is actually possible after some time, exactly with the breathing meditation, to do a walking meditation without losing the dancing partner. Yeah? So you, you, you have a flow of attentional stability to the walking. In the beginning, it's possible, if you never have done it, what possibly happens, you go out there, maybe you stand, and then no attentive, attentiveness to the present moment at all. Because uh, you, know, you feel, oh, this is now a good opportunity to have a discussion about mindfulness in my head. Or to regret something you did yesterday. Something. It's a good opportunity. And, but it is actually possible, and you have the capacity, and it doesn't take long. You just need to have the intention to do so and to put in some time to cultivate the capacity to to stay engaged with, with what is important to you, which in this case is the walking. So after some time of doing walking meditation, you will notice, yeah, I actually can walk and I can pay attention to it. And thoughts come and go, but I don't I don't I don't get lost in them because I'm walking. I'm here. Mm, yeah. 
And then just walk. You know, it's a, we can all walk. It's, it's not a big deal, so you can't do it wrong. And nobody is looking, so I'm not running around and checking. <laughs> this is not very mindful. <laughs> so, because actually I can't see. Yeah? You can't see. You don't know what's happening. Yeah? So you can't see. Um, uh, so this is not a break. I mean, if you need to go to the toilet every hour, then so then of course you need to. You are welcome to do that. But it's not a coffee break or something. So this is part of the of the session. And then when you come back, uh, find your if you want, you can find yourself a place to lie down. Maybe you get a blanket and a cushion for your for your head. So if you feel uncomfortable in in lying down or you feel it's not what you want to do. You're also welcome to stay seated. Uh, so, and I will just need some some mindfulness of the body while we are lying down. Um, yeah. And uh, so, what's the time? I will uh, let's say twenty-five minutes. So I will uh, I will make a sound. Uh, in 25 minutes, which is uh, to 10 to 5, yeah, 10 to 5, so then you come back.